Vivo is generating higher revenues for, for artists who distribute their content through us. The short answer of, of why that is, is because we're really selling all premium advertising against every mm. piece of content in our network. YouTube is really a, you know, it's a massive platform that has content of every kind that you can possibly imagine, but your music video might be packaged in with content that's completely unrelated to it. A lot of those ads are really sold at a much lower price point. Whereas Vivo, because we're selling all premium music content, whether it's official mm -hmm. videos or lyric videos or behind the scenes or trailers or anything, mm -hmm. it's all premium. We're able to charge advertisers a higher rate. The payout to these distributors, labels, and artists that we work with is thereby significantly higher as well. This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee, unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out districtkid.com. What's going on? Welcome to the new music business. I'm your host, Ari Herstand, author of How to Make It in the New Music Business, the book. Today, my guest is David McTiernan. He is the head of artist and label relations at Vivo. Vivo. What? I know what you're thinking. Don't worry. That's the first question that I asked David on the show. Uh, what is Vivo? Um, but it, we actually had a really interesting conversation about all things music videos, how you get your music video on Vivo, how you're going to make more money uh, that way, and how they are actually lifting up artists uh, around the world pretty frequently, and most of the time it's independent artists, um, emerging artists, and how they're lifting them up and supporting them and promoting them. This was a really interesting conversation. Uh, I have been wanting to dig into Vivo for the better part of the decade because I never really understood what Vivo was and what they did, but now I do, and I was very inspired after our conversation, so I think you're going to really enjoy this one. As always, you can find us, everyone who makes your show happen, at Ari's Take on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. You can find me at Ari Herstan on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, no, I don't have a personal TikTok, and I am proud of it. Visit Ari'sTake.com for the blog and also to sign up on that email list because this is where you're going to get all the most up-to-date information from me and from Ari's Take and everything that we're doing and all the new episodes. You'll be notified if you get on that email list. Please pause this right now and subscribe, like, follow this show, however you're listening right now, up thumb this episode on YouTube, give us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yes, you can rate podcasts on Spotify, so please give us a five-star rating and leave us a, a review, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, and if you're listening to this on YouTube right now, shoot a comment down there and I uh, will get back to you. All right, let's kick into the show. David McTiernan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here, Ari. Totally. So, um, where to begin? So, of course, uh, as any other musician or music industry professional or anyone adjacent to the music industry uh, knows the Vivo name, knows uh, that we've seen Vivo's watermark on music videos and seen it on YouTube. Um, as someone who's who likes to 
think that I'm I'm fairly plugged into the industry and and you know wrote the book on on it and whatnot. Um, I have to admit, I have no idea what Vivo is, and so <laughs> I'm really glad to be talking to you because it's a long time coming. I feel like we should have had this conversation ten years ago. Uh, I'm I'm somewhat embarrassed that I have no idea what Vivo is um, and, and what I think it is, and then I and then I'm gonna hand the mic over to you uh, to just to help correct this and, and let everybody know what the hell Vivo is is like. All I've previously what I thought Vivo was was like it was the major labels arm of YouTube and it was the way for major labels to get their artists more to get their music videos more money than YouTube could get them and that's what I thought mm -hmm. Vivo was forever. But then I you know I was doing a little bit more reading and I'm like okay I guess you have some indie artists not major labels so maybe Vivo is not just for the majors anymore. And then I'm like but then what's the difference between Vivo and YouTube? What's the point? What are you doing? Uh, yeah. So, what the hell is Vivo? Yeah. Let's start. So, there. <laughs> you, uh, I'll, I'll start by saying you're you're absolutely not alone. This is definitely a conversation that I have um, pretty frequently, as you can imagine. And, and uh, demystifying what Vivo is 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 pretty central to uh, to my job. I I'm in charge of uh, artist and label relations at Vivo, so I'm constantly kind of just explaining to uh, to artists, labels, and managers uh, <laughs> just what we are and and how we're set up and how we work. Um, mm -hmm. So you you hit a couple points which are 100% correct that uh, we were really birthed out of the major labels. So as a joint venture uh, between Universal and Sony at the end of 2009, um, mm. and this was really you know sort of early days of YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. And really creating a way to combat piracy and and really uh, as you said, kind of monetize the, the videos properly. Mm -hmm. That was really the genesis for for why Vivo was created. Mm -hmm. Over the last you know 12 years. We've really uh, gone far beyond just uh, being an arm of of Universal and Sony, and, and as you said, we work with, you know, hundreds and hundreds, uh, thousands really of of independent artists and independent labels. We have uh, content license deals with pretty much every uh, independent label and distributor that you can imagine. Hmm. Uh, we produce a ton of original content every year, close to uh, six seven hundred pieces of content for artists of all levels, all labels, mm -hmm. independents, majors, all genres. Okay. Uh, and we have uh, dramatically really increased our footprint over the last few years. So mm -hmm. while we were sort of born on YouTube, mm -hmm. uh, we're now uh, really the goal is to be anywhere that people are looking for music videos. So, um, you know, the the music video has really returned to the living room in a big way and, and the growth mm -hmm. of connected TV. And so uh, nowadays you can find Vivo really, you know, outside of YouTube in, in a couple dozen places everywhere from your Apple TV and Samsung mm. and, and Fire TV and Roku and all these different places. So okay. our goal is to really be the the sort of custodians of the music video anywhere mm. that people are looking for it. And uh, there's no reason that anyone, any artist anywhere on the planet can't distribute their their music and their videos through us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, no matter what label, if there is a label, uh, what distributor, we can generally uh, get you set up and, and make sure that we're supporting that content editorially um, in any way we can. Cool. All right. Great. You touched on a, a few things I want to uh, dive deeper into. But first and foremost, uh, if I'm understanding this correctly, um, I have Apple TV. I could go on mm -hmm. Apple TV and I could download a Vivo app right now. Yeah, absolutely. That's correct. And then in, in the Vivo app, uh, unlike YouTube, it is only the official music videos from the artists or only the things that do you, does your content editorial board approve every video that gets on the Vivo platform? 
Yeah. So, um, so in the connected TV space, first of all, there's a, a couple of different uh, types of there's, we have linear programming. So you have your sort of 24 hour channels and we're programming our editorial team is programming, you know, mm-hmm. blocks of, of maybe pop or hip hop or country, depending on the channel, that type of thing. Um, and when, then we've also got the, the video on demand app that people are, are used to being able to kind of search and, and find those videos. Um, when artists are delivering their content mm-hmm. through, uh, through Vivo, not only does it publish automatically to YouTube, but it's publishing to all of these endpoints as well. So we're not, mm. uh, we're not, you know, limiting what content is going to end up on all of these platforms. These are all added value really for, for artists, um, mm-hmm. giving them visibility in all these places that they might not otherwise be um, if they're mm-hmm. just kind of uploading stuff directly to their channel as they, as they might've done outside of Vivo. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and so, all right speak to all the indie artists out there that don't have labels uh how do they get their music videos on these vivo platforms yeah so i mean generally speaking uh i'm sure most if not all of them are, are already distributing their content through one way shape or form to the other dsps right to, to all right i'm gonna I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna just pause right there you used a lot of mm-hmm. buzzwords i know what they mean but just for the listeners that don't know what you're talking about uh when you say content you're meaning music and they're yeah. distributing uh their music uh, through DSPs, which means streaming services as it is today. Yep. So you're saying most artists have can get their music to streaming services through a distributor. Continue. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, so you're an artist that is completely independent. You know, you're you're using one of many different services. There's dozens really out there to make sure mm-hmm. that your music and content is searchable and, and streamable on places like Spotify and Apple and Tidal. Um, yep. A lot of those places, those audio places, uh, a lot of those distributors who are, who are sending content there are, are also ones we work with. And so, so we're talking DistroKid, TuneCore, CD Baby, Amuse, Symphonic, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah, those a lot, are the exactly. You're talking about. A, a okay, lot of those distributors and, and, and many others, um, you know, we work really closely with. And mm-hmm. so um, in, in a lot of cases, it might just be a, a matter of having a conversation with your distributor or, or taking a look at kind of the, the deal that, or the, the plan that you have with them to make sure mm-hmm. that video is a component of that plan. Um, and if not, there's uh, we have an artist support email, and I'm constantly connecting independent artists with uh, with video distributors that we work with in, in case their particular audio distributor doesn't work with us for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, we're happy to make those sorts of introductions to make sure that we can get every artist who wants to work with us set up with us. Cool. So, all right. Um, I, the majority of the artists in the world are using these distributors. Uh, you know, let's just talk the big three right now. Let's talk DistroKid, TuneCore, and CD Baby. Uh, if if I'm an artist and I distribute with one of these three distributors, DistroKid, TuneCore, and CD Baby, I didn't know that they would take music videos. Are you saying that I can go to DistroKid and upload a music video and then they will send it to you, Vivo, and you'll get it on my YouTube channel? And then yeah, in all so- the Vivo apps? I didn't think yeah, this would uh, so, that. Uh, absolutely. So a couple of different things that I'll I'll unpack there. Okay. One, um, DistroKid in, in particular is is still kind of getting there. We do have a, a, a active deal in place with them. They're still sort of getting their pipeline for videos set up. So mm, that's okay. one that probably in the in the coming weeks or, or months, uh, very soon, we should be able to uh, get their their content into our into our platform. But we've worked very closely with them over the last year or so to get that deal in a place where we're ready to do that. Um, TuneCore and and, uh, actually I believe doesn't handle video anymore. So a lot of artists that that distribute audio through TuneCore 
um, we've introduced to to other platforms, um, you know, Videos One or um, Empire Distribution. These are these are some places that we've been able to uh, onboard independent artists. Uh, you mentioned Symphonic Distribution. That's another mm-hmm. one um, mm-hmm. that we work closely as well in that space. Um, but just to kind of go a little deeper on one of the things that you brought up. Um, I think there's probably a lot of confusion for, for some artists, particularly independent artists about where the content ends up when they upload yeah. through Vivo versus when they, they're used to, you know, uploading things directly. And I've been at Vivo a long time, going back to the, the early days of Vivo, there was always a separate YouTube channel from a Vivo channel. And this, yes. uh, I think, was a, a serious barrier to entry for a lot of artists, um, especially those outside the major label system, because, you know, they work hard to grow their subscribers and their fan base. And, you know, maybe they've got 10,000 or 20,000 or, hey, maybe 500, 700 subscribers, whatever it is that they've worked hard to create. Mm-hmm. Then to work with Vivo, it was like starting over and have to yep. create a new channel. Yep. Um, that is no longer the case. And what... Uh, what now exists on YouTube are called uh, OACs or official artist channels. Mm-hmm. And that is denoted on, on YouTube by looks like a little music note next to uh, the channel name that you're probably used to seeing. Okay. And what that really does is it merges at least for the, you know, public facing profile, the Vivo channel and the direct YouTube channel in one place. So whether the content's uploaded through our system and we're monetizing and promoting it, or if it's uploaded directly to YouTube, it all optically ends up in the same place. So fans who are searching for that content, searching for that channel, all the content's going to be in the same place, but the stuff that goes through Vivo, through our Mm -hmm. system, it'll have that Vivo watermark on it. Right. And it's content that then we're monetizing, we're selling ads against, we're pushing on all these other CTV platforms um, and we're helping to support editorially. Sure. Okay. So uh, a couple things there. And I know that everyone's thinking right now, um, all right, so you can merge Vivo and the official artist channel uh, that we create. And that official artist channel for the artists out there on YouTube, it's like I literally go to YouTube. I'm like, let me, I have my art, my YouTube channel. It's where I'm uploading all my YouTube videos. So if you have a YouTube account, that's what you're talking about, just basically. Now, I know the next question that everyone's thinking right now is like, are you talking about the artist topic channels and uh, i know you have nothing to do with those but to just clarify what those are because that is one of the bigger headaches right now for indie artists is when just like you said it's it was a kind of a bummer to build up your youtube channel and then vivo comes along you have to start over we get this i get this all the time from people it's just like there's my artist topic channels on youtube which is the artist name and a dash topic and it's like when you distribute through your music it's just the album covers with the video and that's when youtube music came out there so it's kind of like i have two separate youtube accounts um and i'm not going to ask you to speak to how to merge that but there's a email that you essentially just email youtube artist uh, services and just and just say hey can you merge my official artist youtube channel with this artist topic channel and that is that correct yeah that's that's absolutely correct so that that oac that official artist channel it's really Mm -hmm. all three it's your your standalone youtube channel your vivo Mm -hmm. channel and your topic channel all being merged. Technically, on on the back end of things, they all are still separate channels, but those don't show up separately to anyone. Really publicly, it's all one place. And for anyone listening that's taking notes, that's artist-support at youtube.com is how you can merge that. Okay, but getting back to uh, to Vivo officially, 
Um, and, and we're going to talk about monetization in a second, but uh, I still don't understand if I'm distributing my music through a DistroKid or a TuneCore or a CD Baby, how do I get my music video to Vivo? Like, what is there a, is there a, a, a website I'm supposed to go and upload it? Do I email somebody? And if so, what's that email? You, you listed a few different options, but like, what, yeah. what do I do? Yeah, so the, the the easiest answer, and if mm-hmm. anyone is is having any doubt, there is also an it's artist support uh, at vivo.com. That's that's going to be a, a good place to start, and okay. we'll we'll get back to you with uh, with a recommendation, to, you know, based on your different distributor. The the, okay. the three that you mentioned again don't necessarily either handle video or currently have that pipeline set up. Okay. Um, but at this point, we're uh, close to uh, having a majority of the content on vivo from independent artists. So mm-hmm. we're, again, coming from uh, dozens of other different independent distributors that, that we can connect you with. The sure. the actual means of uploading that content is probably going to be specific to each distributor. It's not going to be um, the same. Everyone's kind of got a, a little bit of a different pipeline to get to us. Got it. Okay, so that that's helpful. So, so step number one, if I really want to get my music video on Vivo, I go to my distributor and I see, do they offer music video distribution to Vivo? And Correct. and yes, on, on Ari's take, I review 17 different independent distributors. I know I only mentioned a handful just now, but there's 17 that I review. And you know what? I'm going to add another row on there is music video distribution uh, to Vivo because that I would like to know. So <laughs> we're going to get that added. Um, but then if, if they don't, if my distributor doesn't, because you said the biggest three in the world don't right now, um, and the majority of the artists who are listening to this, uh, you know, District Kid distributes a third of the world's music, I believe is their last number, six, uh, I believe it was like 35,000 songs a day or something. So the largest distributors in the world don't actually distribute music videos, and hopefully that'll change soon. But if they don't, uh, email artistsupport at vivo.com, and someone will get back to them telling them they can do to how to get their music yep, video. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And again, as far as DistroKid goes, you know, obviously we've seen the tremendous growth of, of that company in the last couple of years, and it was you know a massive priority for us in in mm-hmm. uh, twenty twenty one to make sure we got that that deal done. So the cool. the deal is signed. The the ink is dry. It's really just a matter of of making sure that those those pipes are set up to to get that cool. content done, and, and that should be very soon. Great. Okay, so moving on to monetization because um, that's a big thing. We know, uh, you know, YouTube is notoriously pays one of the the least amount out there. Uh, even though YouTube is is I I think still the dominant streaming services, like the still uh, the number music streaming service out there. There's so much ink that's spent on Spotify and Apple Music and all the rest, but really we need to be talking about YouTube more often because YouTube actually gets more monthly users streaming music and there's more music streamed on YouTube than Spotify and Apple Music and YouTube pays the least. Um, and it, you know, it pays way, 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 way less than than Spotify or Apple Music, and that's really unfortunate. So, talk to me about what Vivo does to change that, and do you pay more than what YouTube uh, standard YouTube ads pay? Yeah. So, great question. A couple things I want to dive into there. One, um, you're 100 right about the fact that you know Google, YouTube are the number one place that people are streaming music. And mm-hmm. it's a big reason why I tell artists that they should be delivering an official version of every song that they put out through Vivo, um, 
you know, selfishly through, through Vivo or, you know, obviously just to, to YouTube, um, the day that it's, it's being distributed to a Spotify or Apple or anywhere else. And a lot of times that's kind of an afterthought, but mm -hmm. making sure that you've got an official version that's up there and it can just be that, that static audio track with, you know, the album art, um, but making sure that you do that before somebody else, you know, rips it and uploads it and you, you claim it essentially mm -hmm. um, because the number one place people are going to find it is, is YouTube. So that's a really important point to, to drive home. So thanks for bringing that up. Um, but yes, the, the short answer is, is absolutely uh, Vivo is generating higher revenues for, for artists who distribute their content through us. And the, the short answer of, of why that is, is because we're really selling all premium advertising against every mm. piece of content in our network because you think about YouTube is really a, you know, it's a massive platform that has content of every kind that you can possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. And the ads and the packages that are being set up there are, you know, your music and your video might be packaged in with content that's completely unrelated to it. It might be packaged in with some sports highlights or gaming or animal videos or you name it. And a lot of those ads are really sold at a much lower uh, price point. Whereas Vivo, because we're selling all premium music content, whether it's official mm -hmm. videos or lyric videos or, you know, behind the scenes or trailers or anything, um, mm -hmm. it's all premium. We're able to charge advertisers a higher rate. And so the revenue that the content in our network is generating is significantly higher than anything uploaded directly to YouTube. And so then the payout to these distributors, labels, and artists that we work with is uh, thereby significantly higher as well. Do you have hard numbers that you can uh, A, B that with and say on YouTube, if uh, you put your official video on YouTube and just turn on ads there, it's going to get you this amount per view. And if you do it on Vivo, it's going to get you this amount per view. You know, the oh, I would love to be able to, uh, to share that sort of info um, because I know that it would make a, a, a compelling case. But uh, mm -hmm. the only reason I, I, I can't do that is really it's going to differ by each distributor. And I can't necessarily speak to what the different revenue splits are going to be by label or distributor. Um, you know, we pay out to whoever is distributing the con to us, content to us um, mm -hmm. by the number of streams that, you know, everything does in a given month. But if you distribute through video versus if you distribute through InGrooves or, or The Orchard or, or one of these other places, um, your revenue might uh, might differ slightly. So I, I can't necessarily get into specifics on that. Well, that's interesting. Um, so uh, you're saying that and, and this is this is something that's not super well understood or well known. But, uh, you know, we did a report on Ari's take of what all what every distributor gets paid per the DSP. Uh, obviously, those numbers are not public anywhere. That was based on just um, that was just done on on collective research with our readers sending in their spreadsheets. And we crunched all the numbers and saying, all right, you know, for Spotify US, uh, this distributor is actually paying more than this distributor because everyone has a specific different deal with Vivo. So you're saying when you, you just inked the deal with DistroKid, you said last year, and you've inked the deal with, you know, you already have Ingrus or Orchard or Vidya. Um, 
now every distributor you're doing a, a direct deal with and they negotiate their rates? I mean, is there like if, if I'm if I'm out here in the wilderness and saying, well, I want the highest rate, like who do I work with? What's what which distributor do I go? Where I'm going to get the highest ad rates from Vivo. Yeah, so the, those rates should be standard for those distributors that you that you mentioned. As far as what our revenue split is, it's not going to differ for you know amongst those different distributors. the The differences that I'm really talking about are then what the artist makes from that distributor's payout. So when if there's oh. you know a thousand artists that are distributing through through one of these distributors, mm-hmm. the individual splits for how those artists are being paid from each of those distributors. That is something that I, I'm not privy to just because we're not paying those artists directly. Oh, sure. So my bigger question is, does Vivo pay the same amount to every distributor? Um, so I believe that there is a standard um, a standard split for, for the distributors we work with. I don't uh-huh. know off the top of my head if that's 100% the case across the board. That's something that I'd, I'd have to check. It's a little bit um, beyond what I... Um, you know, I handle for us day to day. That's something it's more sort of on the business oper- or you know business affairs side of things. But uh, generally mm-hmm. speaking, most of the the content license agreements that that I'm aware of uh, do have that standard split in place. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's helpful. Um, so really, what you're talking about is that each distributor is going to take a commission before they pay their artists, which is standard. Yep. You know, I, I yep. have that on the. I have that on the rate sheet, the comparison on Ari's take on the uh, distribution comparison guide, you know, off the top of my head, it's like, all right, AWOL takes 15%, uh, STEM takes 10%, uh, CD Baby takes 9%, uh, and so on and so on. Orchard and Ingrooves typically are taking around 20%, um, you know, so so there's that. that's what you're saying. It's like every distributor is going to take a commission. Um, now, that's for audio only. I believe uh, actually CD Baby takes a higher amount, and they all actually take a little bit different for video um, and if they're u- doing the YouTube monetization, they have a whole different system in place for that. So some of them look at the fine print when you're looking at your distributors' payouts because audio and video are differing. And I believe CD Baby, I don't want to, I don't want to quote this wrong. I should go to my own report and see what it says. But I believe they were like really high. Um, but regardless, uh, just look at the fine print there. So okay, that's fine. Now just to clarify the monetization rates, and I, and I kind of understand. I think where you're saying you're able to. When you work with your advertisers, you because they're only going to music, only going to people who are watching music videos or official music content. And just to clarify, uh, do you take any non-music only content? Meaning, like if I'm doing a vlog, if I'm just doing a little uh, video of like, hey, check me out in studio. Here's behind the scenes or whatever. Do you take that or do you encourage people to put that on their YouTube channel and then you only take the official releases? Yeah, as as long as it's music related and it meets our our spec requirement and that's something that that again we can provide through that artist support email. Um we, we want it. it and we get all all sorts of content. So, you know, generally speaking, the vast majority of content we get is the, you know, we call them pseudo videos but just the static, you know, audio mm-hmm. tracks, lyric videos and official sure. videos. Um, but yeah, behind the scenes and trailers and that vlog style content, tour diaries, um, this is all stuff that, that we want delivered through us. We, we really want everything that, that the artist is creating. Um, mm-hmm. again, once it, as long as it meets that spec, um, to, to come through the, their Vivo channel. Okay, cool. And, um, 
because now I understand that uh, Vivo exists outside of YouTube, uh, which I didn't understand that before. Um, so you're in Apple TV, you're in Roku, you're in other places where you, you know, Chromecast mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, where else is Vivo other than on the connected TVs and YouTube? Or is that it? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's 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 really the the vast majority of of um, okay. of our, our footprint. Yeah. Got it. Okay, great. So um, on the Vivo app itself, uh, I'm assuming there are ads there and you're working directly with advertisers. And so advertisers, it's not just uh, the Google ads and the you know YouTube ads um, uh, that are appearing on the Vivo videos. It's actually ads on the Vivo app that uh, are being sold. And that's why uh, another reason why you can monetize a little bit higher. Yes, absolutely. So, okay. uh, particularly in the living room, um, you know, we the living room revenue has—I I believe it's gone from about like four, something like four percent of our revenue at the beginning of uh, 2020 to about half of our revenue. Um, What's at living the end room? Of Sorry, living room. So the 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 TV views. So the the oh, okay. places like Apple and Samsung, people watching on the, on the big screen in, in their living room, um, is about half of our revenue now. And uh, that is because a couple of things. One, as it compares to people watching on, say, mobile or or desktop, um, any of us going to watch a music video, we go to YouTube.com, you might watch one video, two videos, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And generally speaking, it's sort of like a solitary experience. You're by yourself in front of your computer. Maybe you're, you're with your friend watching something on a cell phone. What we see with the TV space is that Generally speaking, the session times are considerably longer, whether people are watching on on linear channels, Vivo linear channels. So, you know, the Vivo pop channel, for example, on like Pluto TV or something like that, um, or even the VOD um, apps, video on demand, we're seeing session times average about 30 minutes. So we've got much higher engagement there. And also co-viewing is uh, is much more significant on connected TV. So generally speaking, you've got two, three, four people in a room. Somebody might be having a, you know, a house party, they put on the channel and they leave it running for two hours. So those are things that allow us to charge advertisers a a higher rate because we're reaching more viewers. We're reaching a a more engaged audience of, of people um, with longer session times as it compared to, um, to desktop and mobile. So that's where we're seeing a, a huge increase in revenue and, and a big place that we're able to kind of help out the artists on the bottom line. Great. That makes sense. Um, and in terms of uh, the music videos that are being watched on YouTube, whether it's the YouTube app on Apple TV, you know, living room via YouTube, not the Vivo app or Pluto um, mm-hmm. or desktop or mobile or whatever, uh, are you able to supersede the YouTube ads there and elbow out YouTube ads and pop your own ads that are monetized higher in there? Yeah, so uh, we are in a shared sales environment. So, you know, basically Google's sales team and Vivo's direct sales team, um, we do have, you know, sort of shared sales rights. So um, that said, the content is being packaged com- completely differently. We, we sell completely differently. Um, the way that we're targeting and packaging content, mm-hmm. um, again, is that it's just premium, it's just music, um, mm-hmm. is completely different from the way that, that YouTube is, is selling the content. Um, okay. So, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Cool. Let's talk about, uh, you mentioned earlier how you help promote uh, content and artists and you have 
um, your own, uh, I guess, your own uh, channels or, or avenues where you're able to create content as well mm -hmm. or, or, you know, pay for that. So uh, talk about some of these uh, ways that you're doing that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll talk about sort of two different areas, one being just our editorial support that we're putting behind the content that artists mm -hmm. are creating. And then separately, we can get into the, the content that we're creating in tandem with artists. Okay. Um, but we've got a bunch of different promotional tools and levers that we can pull um, on all the content that's being delivered to us. So we have an editorial team um, that we get together every week and we watch, you know, a, a couple of hundred music videos that are being sent from, you know, major labels, indie labels, indie distributors. And we decide how we're going to be able to promote that across our network. So mm -hmm. that is uh, a number of different playlists that we've got dozens and dozens of them by, by genre and subgenre and all sorts of different things. Um, and then a bunch of different sort of uh, promotional levers that we've got on YouTube, things like channel cards and end screens and a lot of those things. We're promoting content uh, across similar artist channels as much as possible within our network to, to help drive viewership to, to new content. Um, so that's a, that's a huge, uh, a huge focus for my team. Uh, we devote a lot of, uh, a lot of time to, to reviewing that content and also, you know, pre-roll social media. Uh, we've got a pretty significant footprint that we can play with there and, um, are able to meaningfully drive views to a lot of content that way. What do you mean pre-roll social media? Yeah. So pre-roll, um, is, uh, the ad inventory that, plays before a music video in the same place that you have oh. um, an advertising uh -huh. or an ad advertisement that plays before a video. Uh -huh. um, we've got a certain amount of that inventory that we can use in a given month to run ads pointing to music videos in our network. And so hmm. we're able to devote impressions here and there to, uh, to videos, you know, as ads basically hmm. to, uh, to help raise awareness and, and drive viewership to, to content. Oh, I've run a few of those on YouTube, if that's what you're talking about, where I, I upload a music video to my YouTube channel. I go into the YouTube advertising section. I think they call these like true view ads or I don't know what the name is now. But either way, you're like, I want to increase the views on these videos. And so exactly. I select the, the thing in there. I go through. It's pretty simple to set up. And then somebody uh, it plays for the 15 seconds, 30 seconds before the video they're intending to watch. And they could theoretically click through to watch the my full music video or they you know skip the ad or whatever is that what you're talking about yeah yeah so it, it's okay. different than the, the the true view specifically but essentially has the same effect right it's it's a, okay. it's an advertising unit that allows uh people to click through and and watch the content so okay um we've yeah that that is something that that we play around with quite a bit um and then just social media i mean that's just uh kind of goes without saying vivo's got a, a pretty significant footprint across facebook twitter instagram TikTok. And we're doing custom cutdowns of a couple of videos every day uh, that mm -hmm. we're pushing uh, on all of those platforms as well. And is that when you're pushing them on the platforms, is that uh, just to promote the artist uh, and maybe their short form videos on the platforms directly? So the Vivo Instagram channel, the Vivo TikTok channel, or are you running ads on Instagram and TikTok? Um, and to, to then point people to YouTube to watch the full video. Yeah, got it. Uh, good question. We're, we're doing custom content that's, uh, that directly, not, not ads on these platforms to, okay. uh, 
to click through to watch like you know on our instagram story swipe up to watch these two or three videos that that sort of thing got it okay so uh it's the swipe up on the story okay um okay and then and then if i'm on my phone and i'm watching this on instagram and i see this and i swipe up or now it's tap the link on the story um it's going to take me where to the vivo to the artist youtube channel where the music video is hosted yeah directly to the the watch page for that video correct okay on youtube yeah yep okay cool cool yeah um so tell me, uh, I'm most interested in most of the listeners right now are independent artists or managers that are representing independent artists. That's obviously the largest uh, base out there of users and just, you know, musicians in the world are mostly independent. So um, tell me some success stories. Tell me like how, what, what has Vivo done to help lift up some indie artists? Real quick, I want to let you know about DistroKid. Well, I'm sure you already know about DistroKid, but they are partners with Ari's Take, and they are a great company that can help get your music distributed to Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, all of that. Over a million artists use DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I have distributed some of my music in the past. And something I appreciate about DistroKid as not just an artist, but someone who studies this space is they have been one of the most innovative companies over the last 10 years. They came in and completely changed the game. One of the first companies offering unlimited uploads, and now most of the other distributors have had to change their policies to kind of copy and follow suit uh, what DistroKid was doing, and the industry had changed, of course. DistroKid doesn't keep a commission. That means you keep 100% of your royalties and earnings from the DSPs. They also offer payment splitting. They call it splits, something that, for me at this point, is a deal breaker. I don't want to have to cut checks to all my collaborators and the producers and everybody else that is owed royalties and owed splits from my earnings. DistroKid will cut those checks directly. You can get them to uh, your collaborators to sign up, and then DistroKid will cut all the checks to all your collaborators. And they were one of the first to offer that of the DIY self-service distributors. DistroKid continues to innovate. Check them out. If you need to get your music out there, districtkid.com. Yeah, so absolutely. I think uh, one of the, the things that we're really known for in, uh, in the independent and the emerging space is uh, we have a series called Discover. And okay. it's a, a, a performance series we shoot um, every month. We've got two studios, one in, in Brooklyn and one in London. And we shoot two songs with each artist uh, and they roll out weekly over the course of the year. And uh, we're looking at artists from all backgrounds, all genres. Um, and a lot of the artists that, that we work with for this program um, are independent and, and don't come mm-hmm. from uh, a label. Um, my team, we're all, uh, you know, music fans. We're all out at shows. We're all, you know, spending all of our free time poking around and, and finding new stuff. And when I have a, a discovery meeting, actually, like I just came out of about an hour ago, my entire team in a round table, we're just bringing artists uh, to the group to say, you know, Hey, what do you think of this? And we're going around and we're playing and we're listening to dozens of artists every month to decide who we want to pick for, for these programs. And mm. there's been a number of artists that we've worked with um, that, you know, either, started and remained independent or we were working with them you know years before there was a label in place 
Mm. Um, and Discover was sort of one of their first big, um, their big bookings that, that um, you know, we were fortunate enough to kind of be in on the ground floor. Um, and, you know, it's always been really important for, for me and my team to really create long term relationships with artists. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, a lot of times we'll, well, when office visits were a little bit more of a, a normalized thing and we were all kind of working in an office, we would often bring, you know, artists in to, to meet our team and, you know, maybe play a couple acoustic songs for the, for the staff and kind of do what we're doing here, really talk about what is Vivo? What can you do for me? What, how can I work with you? Demystify kind of what that looks like. And a lot of those visits would really lead to them coming into our studio in a month or two months or six months to record a really high quality performance. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is just one of the, the, the many pieces of original content that, that we do. Um, but in a lot of cases, it's the it's the first because we're looking at artists who are, you know, brand new generally on maybe first album, first EP, um, mm-hmm. maybe having, a, you know, a song start to kind of take off somewhere. Um, and we can kind of throw gasoline on that and say, hey, come in, shoot a really high quality performance with us. And we're going to give it a really significant push um, mm-hmm. on this channel when it comes out, you know, in a couple of months. Cool. Uh, that sounds great. Are there any artists that you want to shout out that uh, started smaller or first EP, first album, you know, and uh, they did a discover session and it did something for them? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, gosh, there are so many. Um, I think. Let me help you out. I read a press release. Uh, Billie <laughs> Eilish, Pop Smoke, Sam Smith, Earth Gang. Uh, Louis uh, Capaldi, Arlo Parks, Maggie Rogers, James Bay, Georgia Smith. Yeah, these are just some of the names, right? That that we <laughs> uh, we were uh, we were early on, and we, we feel pretty good about. It. I, I think you know I can I can talk about Louis Capaldi for a minute because mm-hmm. um, I uh, so I relocated um, from actually I started at the the Vivo office in New York, and I mm-hmm. lived out in LA for a few years, and I actually just moved back to New York. But uh, I had started talking, I think, through a publicist about Louis Capaldi, um, probably back in, this was 2016, I think, and uh, just got sent his song Bruises, you know, unsigned, just this incredible voice. And, um, you know, he was like, hey, he's going to be in, you know, LA for a a writing trip, would love to have him come meet you. Mm -hmm. So Louis uh, was going to do like, I think, a showcase at Hotel Cafe. Um, the, the, The morning of that show which would have been his his first show um you know in la he he came to the vivo office met me and the team and and played a couple of songs for us um you know ultimately ended up uh shooting discover with us and um ultimately did did our our lift program as well which is sort of like the the big brother of of discover um Mm -hmm. but it all really started with that initial conversation that i had with his team and um was just really wowed by the talent and uh, was like, absolutely, this is this is someone that, you know, maybe the streaming numbers weren't there yet, that the sold out shows, the tickets, all that kind of stuff. But it was like, this music is really special. This is an artist that I think, you know, we want to support uh, regardless of all that stuff. And, um, yeah. you know, we've had a really longstanding, meaningful relationship with him um, over the last five years since then. That's awesome. Um, 
Now, that's great. Other than getting the, so tell me more about the Discover program. Um, I understand that you're going to shoot two high quality uh, original videos that Vivo, I'm assuming, is paying for. Uh, so the artist doesn't have to cover any of those costs, which is great. I mean, we know that high quality music videos can cost uh, a lot. And so just to cover those costs is fantastic. And to have that video is probably tremendously helpful for artists um, in their arsenal. Uh, what else does Discover do to help these artists uh, you said promote those videos which is great um anything else that you want to mention yeah i mean it's it's you know in a lot of cases again like you said it's 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 uh it's a high quality performance that we're funding all the production for and a yeah. lot of the artists that that are in the mix for this are um you know it's kind of their first time on a on a, on a film set with a film crew and cool. we have a lot of artists show up and like oh my god there's so many people here there's so many cameras like this is something that i'm i'm you know really excited about and, and not used to um obviously you also look at the lineage like you mentioned of um of discover and going back to whether it's sam smith in 2015 or maggie rogers in 2017 or billy eilish in 2018 or whatever year um you know there's a, a certain amount of of cachet that the that the vivo discover name has um mm -hmm. and more and more my team is is you know, being pitched like, Hey, this artist has been a fan of discover for three or four years. And this mm. is, you know, a, a huge goal for them to, to check that box on when they're ready to have their debut album. And so um, it's a, it's a super competitive program, but one that we're really adamant about not just showcasing, you know, brand new talent, but making sure that we're really representative of what's happening in music globally mm -hmm. um, every year as part of the discover brand we launched a series called artists to watch, which is, you know, similar to a lot of these other platforms that you, you might know have, you know, tip lists for the following year, mm -hmm. um, artists to watch ones to watch places like this. Um, and we pick, uh, about 20 artists at the end of every year, um, to come in and shoot on our discover set. And this year, um, I'm, I don't know if I have the number in front of me. I think we had representatives from, um, nine or 10 different countries, so we had, you know, obviously U.S. and U.K. where we've got um, significant teams on the ground, but we had representation from South Korea, from Italy, France, Germany, Colombia, mm -hmm. um, you know, Canada, Australia. So it's really important to us to use the Discover platform as a, a true representation of emerging music that's, you know, representative of the, the entire global scene of uh, the emerging, emerging artists out there. Cool. And uh, the question now that everyone is wondering is how do we become a part of Discover? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, we work uh, primarily with uh, with artists and, and labels and managers and distributors. But it's really important, I think, for for I and my team to have direct relationships with with independent artists. So whether that information is flowing to my team through, you know, the distributors and a lot of these places that you've already mentioned, we've already talked mm -hmm. about are actively pitching videos to us and, and mm -hmm. sending us updates on artists they're working with. Yeah. Um, but also we get a lot of emails just from, from artists directly and whether it's through that artist support email I mentioned um, or managers reaching out to, to someone on my team, the most important thing is really, um, keeping us updated on when you've got music coming out. Mm -hmm. But I think with all of these original content bookings, we're really trying to identify the why now and why is right now the moment 
that makes most sense for you to come shoot a discover session with us. Sure. And for me, I think it really comes down to uh, momentum is, is the word that I always come back to. And I think, yes, we want to see that an artist is new and, and, you know, maybe, you know, it's not like their second or third or fourth album. Um, but also that there's, you know, there's some movement, whether it's, you know, Hey, we're leading into, like I said, a, a debut EP or a debut album, um, or, Hey, this song has been popping off for a minute and we're about to go on tour and this thing is going to really explode. Like if you can answer for, for us, why right now makes the most sense mm. for you to really, um, you know, come in and, and, and do a discover session with us. That's really, uh, what we look for. Cool. Um, okay. That makes sense. And so it's, it's really for kind of the emerging artists that are just kind of getting going, but the why now question, I mean, that's a, that's a really important point. And I, you know, for people listening to this, uh, it's not just vivo. That's the why now it is, uh, virtually every, music publication out there that's always looking for the why now as, as well and it's just like so why should i write about you right now or why should i care about what you're doing right now and even this in the playlisters at, at the other dsps you know they're the same thing like they want to know they want to jump on something that is uh that is starting to connect with people or there's a there's there's a concerted effort behind it. So I know I've talked to some uh, playlisters out there, official editor uh, editors, playlist editors, and they're like, you know, um, yeah, even though the general population might not be moved necessarily by press or or music journalists anymore, like they were, you know, six seven years ago. Uh, they still look at that. It's like, okay, if you're actually putting some effort into doing some press outreach or whatever, um, you know, they see okay. Some people are starting to pay attention. You care enough about your career to do this kind of outreach. And if you're releasing an album, um, then, you know, this is part of what you do. Is that if, if there's like a package that I could put together to pitch you to say, why now? This is it. First album. What is the ideal pitch? What is the email you want to see that is like, yeah, I want to put this artist in Discover? You know, uh, it's really, it's, there isn't one size fits all answer because okay. uh, if, if I look back at the last couple of years of artists that we've picked for Discover and there's probably, you know, we probably close to what, 50 a year or something like that. So mm -hmm. out of, you know, a hundred artists over the last couple of years, you know, sometimes it's about, okay, this artist is really having an extremely huge moment on, on TikTok and it's starting to trickle down to, we're seeing the numbers on Spotify and YouTube and everywhere else kind of mirror that. Or, yeah. hey, this song is, uh, you know, blowing up at radio or this person had a huge feature and they're getting ready to put out their own music. Like there's all these different indicators of, of mm -hmm. momentum. And it's, uh, it could be one of those. It could be a bunch of those. It could be uh, some sort of combination, but there isn't necessarily like a magic bullet of like, okay, yep. You checked every box for us and sure. we're ready to, to offer it. You know, it's, it's sort of a little bit of a, of a, a mix of art and science. Got it. Okay. And, and, 
you know, you said you actually do review stuff. So I, I do want to clarify because um, there's a lot of uh, dread from a lot of artists out there when they hear you mentioned momentum at TikTok um, because it's like, you know, yes, there are some artists that succeed at TikTok and that obviously has been the uh, number one driving force in the music industry of the last couple of years to Spotify and to everywhere else. Um, it also makes artists nauseated and to think, and there are many artists out there who want nothing to do with TikTok and would, would rather quit music than to have to play the TikTok game. So, um, I'm, I'm clarifying for those out there that, uh, when they hear TikTok, they just want to go jump off a bridge, uh, that you're saying, um, that there are many factors and, uh, and indicators of momentum. And it could be that they're just releasing their first album. They don't even have a TikTok account, but they're going on a tour or they just played a, a sold out show in their home, uh, town and they got video from that and they send you a pitch and be like, yo, like, you know, we just sold a thousand tickets, um, in Minneapolis. And this is an album that's coming out next week. Take a listen. I bet you're going to dig it. Look at this video of us playing in front of a thousand people. Uh, we don't have a TikTok account. But will you still yeah. listen? <laughs> yeah, a, a, absolutely. And and okay. you know, only mentioning TikTok as as obviously one of, of many of course, many things that we course. look at. And and you know, I, I am a musician myself, and and played in a band for for ten years. And something I always used to think about was, you know, it's like with everything that you put out, are you meaningfully able to grow your audience with with each release right are new not just new fans finding your music but are your existing fans continuing to engage with that mm. music so if it's in a live space yeah did you go back to the same city and you sold 10 percent more tickets 25 percent more tickets than you did the last time or you know have you kind of been playing the same size rooms for the last kind of two or three years or sure. you know hey you put out a single and it did this many you know streams on spotify or, or this many on on youtube and six months later your next did 20 or 30 percent more those cool. are the things that we look at um mm -hmm. sort of agnostic of platform but but you know we're looking at all those different places and the sum total of of that momentum cool no that's great and that that makes a lot of sense and and um and and yeah, I, I just had to clarify that because TikTok is now that buzzword where some people love it, some people are succeeding in insane amounts, and I profiled a lot of them on this show. Um, and actually, the first episode of this season was with Justin Vibes, who's got eight and a half million TikTok followers and is just like absolutely crushing the platform as a jazz vibraphonist. So if you haven't uh, listened to that episode, go check it out. It's pretty nuts. Um, but also, I talk to artists every day who literally are are like on the cusp of tears whenever anybody mentions TikTok because they just don't get it. They don't want to get it. And they're brilliant artists and they just can't do it. But they could perform the shit out of a live show or a music yeah. video or an album or X, Y, and Z. You know, they just they just don't want to do a TikTok thing. But uh, that Absolutely. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Cool. Um, Awesome, David. This is super informative, and I appreciate everything that you revealed and shared. And and like I'm inspired now, and I, I understand. I now I get what Vivo is, <laughs> and it's uh, yeah, the, you know, yeah. The, the more that we can we can demystify and 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 help, you know, we're we're all music fans first mm -hmm. and foremost. Um, and once again, there's really no reason that any artist, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what kind of music you make, what level of artist. Uh, you are there's really no barriers to, to distributing your content through evo and working with us so you know we'd love to to hear from each and every one of you and and, and get you set up with us or support the content that you guys are creating 
Cool. Uh, well, this has been great. Uh, there's one final question that I ask everyone who comes on the show. What does it mean to you to make it in the new music business? Um, you know, it's such a, it's such a good question and it's something I think about all the time. And I, I think, um, you know, something that I was just kind of talking about a, a couple of minutes ago is, is probably the, the closest I have to, to an answer to that question, which is, you know, are you meaningfully growing your audience over time? And I think, you know, that is the, the way that you answer that question is going to be different for, for each artist. And for some, like you mentioned, who absolutely kill in the live space, it's like, okay, you know what? We, every time we go out and we tour, we want to sell more tickets. We want to play bigger rooms. So they're meaningfully growing their audience. They're, they're finding new fans, but continuing to engage the fans that they, that they have catered to over the last, you know, however long. If it's somebody who is recording music in their bedroom, um, you know, has never maybe played a show doesn't maybe have TikTok or, or any of these other social platforms, right? But is maybe just distributing their stuff on SoundCloud or, or mm -hmm. you know, uh, but are they meaningfully growing their audience with every new song that they put out? They're finding new fans and continuing to engage the fans that they had. Um, I think that that's really what it means to to kind of make it. You know, it's, it's not the age of the industry where you just have uh, a handful of musicians that are really you know, dominating the entire audience. Obviously we mm -hmm. still have those superstars, but the, mm -hmm. you know, quote unquote long tail of, of musicians that can, you know, really meaningfully record and distribute music pretty easily mm -hmm. um, and reach fans. Um, obviously the tools to do that are, are, are so much more democratized now. And so um, for me, it's just about like, you know, meaningfully grow your audience and at whatever uh, cadence that is, you know, mm -hmm. it, it might take, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years to, to, you know, hit your, your stride and your peak. Um, it might happen super quickly. It might be a couple mm -hmm. of months and you just have a song really take off. But, you know, as long as things are kind of moving up and to the right, you're, you're keeping your fans engaged and you're finding new ones, you know, incrementally as you go. Um, you know, I think you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and, and keep at it. David McTiernan. Thank you so much. This has been great. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ari. to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee, unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out districtkid.com.